Eric Estep here. One of my favorite parts of being a NASCAR fan is collecting diecasts. It's how I got my start on YouTube, actually. To me, a room is not complete until it features shelves of NASCAR diecast cars. It's as good a time as ever to continue your collection or begin an all-new one by pre-ordering your favorite driver's 2022 next-gen diecast at LionelRacing.com or at any authorized Lionel retailer. Lionel is the official diecast of NASCAR, and don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecasts at a Walmart or Target near you. Not only is Lionel the official diecast of NASCAR, but they're also official supporters of the Out of the Groove Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? Head to LionelRacing.com to order your favorite driver's 2022 diecast. This is Authenticated the Diecast Collectors Podcast from Lionel Racing. Welcome back, my friends, to another episode of Authenticated, the Diecast Collectors Podcast from Lionel Racing. I am Matt Kenfield, Lionel Racing Content Marketing Manager, and you are tuned in to Episode 7 of Authenticated. It's been a, a, about a, two weeks or so since we last talked to you on the show. We had a great episode with uh, Roush Fenway Racing driver Chris Busher as we celebrated 30 years of the Racing Collectibles Club of America. And we'll have more about the 30th anniversary of RCCA later on in the show Got a lot of cool stuff planned, a lot of cool stuff in store for you with the 30th anniversary of RCCA. But uh, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about here since it has been two weeks since we last joined you on Authenticated. And uh, again, we really appreciate everybody spreading the word about the show uh, using hashtag Authenticated Fan to uh, interact with the show. We'll have a couple of uh, uh, fan-submitted questions that we'll address later on in the show. Uh, and uh, do a lot of cool things with you, the fans, uh, with our social media feeds as we uh, grow, continue to grow the authenticated show. Thank you, as always, to the Out of the Groove Podcast Network for getting this show uh, off the ground and uh, hitting the ground running. We're having a lot of fun with it. And uh, along for the ride here today, Alex Pullman from Lionel Racing. Alex, uh, you know, an- another fun episode. I, I got to say, though, I kind of miss being, uh, you know, being at the mall store like we were a couple of weeks ago, kind of getting out of the office here. Yeah, it was definitely a different kind of, you know, environment. And we had all the fans there, too. So that was definitely cool to have, you know, a live studio audience pretty much. It definitely was, and thank you to all the fans that did join us at the Lionel Store at Concord Mills just a couple of weeks ago ahead of the Roval Race at Charlotte Motor Speedway. And uh, joining us this week, uh, completing the uh, the triumvirate of hosts for this weekend. That was a big word. I, I, I don't know what my Scrabble score is on that one, but I uh, uh, I think I, I'm the leader in the clubhouse for that one. Thomas DuBois, we appreciate you joining us here today, and uh, a lot of cool stuff going on with RCCA these days. A lot of good stuff. Like you said, 30th anniversary this year, so a lot of good stuff. Good to be here with the infamous Matt and Alex. It's made my day, so I appreciate you inviting me back. Well, you know, we're recording the show at uh, about 10 o'clock, so if we made your day, it can only go down from here. So <laughs> probably, it, probably so. That, that's the good and the bad part about recording in the morning is that uh, you know it can either be the highlight or the low light of the day, however your day progresses, right? That's it. So we got a lot of cool stuff to talk about. Uh, we'll get into some fresh paint. We'll get into a lot of things going on with RCCA and what's been happening on the racetrack with the NASCAR Cup Series, the NASCAR Xfinity Series, and more. Stick around. We've got a lot more to talk about here on this week's episode of Authenticated. Yeehaw. 
Texas Motor Speedway. <laughs> I wanted to see if I get some kind of reaction out of you guys when we were at Texas Motor Speedway this past weekend with the NASCAR Cup Series. And, uh, man, Kyle Larson is en fuego uh, to steal the old, I think it was Dan Patrick line from, uh, or Keith Oldman from SportsCenter back in the day. He is just tearing the racetrack up, doing such a great job all season long. Eighth win of the NASCAR Cup Series season in 2021. A certainly a high for him, uh, and uh, just on a tear, just at the right time for sure, with back to back wins uh, between the Charlotte Roval and Texas Motor Speedway. And uh, Thomas, I'll open this up to you first. Uh, you know, Kyle Larson, a dominant performance, and like I just mentioned, he's doing he's getting hot at the right time. Just a couple races left. Is he the guy to beat right now for the championship? I think he is. I, mean, I think on our last, uh, on the last podcast, I had said that was my pick. I just, you just right now, you just cannot not pick Larson. I mean, it's every week. You, we say it week in, week out. Racing, NASCAR is getting harder. It's getting more competitive. It's harder to win one, two, three in a row, and he continues to do it again and again. So I don't know. I just think he's the guy to beat. I think he'll be. I think he will be the guy holding the trophy um, at Phoenix. But I don't know. We'll see. But he's definitely he's definitely picking it up, and he you say picking it up, but it's like he's just continuing on. That, that it's just crazy. It's 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 amazing to see what he's done this year. It's almost like you know you go into a race. It's who's going to finish second to Larson at this point. You so know, it seems what I mean? like. it, you know it, it's you hate to say that because I mean you want everybody to be competitive, but until someone shows that they can consistently beat, you know, they might go a week or two without Larson winning a race. But it seems like you know after. Larson shows that he can be beaten for a week or two. He goes on a little terror like this and wins and wins a back-to-back race or something like that like he has pretty much all season long. And Alex, he led 256 of the 334 laps, and he is the first one to officially secure a spot in the championship four race at Phoenix. When we get to Phoenix, do you feel, you know, I'll kind of let you piggyback on Thomas. Do you feel like that is the right track for a guy like Kyle Larson to secure a championship? Or do you think that it's still going to be kind of a crapshoot when we get down to Phoenix? I mean, everybody restarts in the championship four. But, I mean, obviously, Larson, the way he's been running this season, is definitely going to be a contender. You never want to not take your eyes off of Larson because that's when, you know, like you said, he goes on a tear. Um, But, you know... Larson's good at all the tracks. I mean, he's better at tracks where he can run the top because he's always, you know, what they call like a rim rider. But, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't count him out at all. Did see a little bit of drama for some of the championship contenders at Phoenix. And uh, there's a bunch of guys when we get to Kansas Speedway later on this week uh, uh, that are going to be kind of fighting for their playoff lives. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. We'll talk, talk a little bit more about the Kansas race in just a little while. But I got to admit, you know, watching that race on Sunday, uh, we had kind of set the precedent that the nine and the four car were going to find each other again. They didn't necessarily do that. I guess they got a, you know, a little talking to, you know, uh, Thomas, you and I were were parents. We have those little talks with our kids every once in a while. Like, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed type of (laughs) talk, right? So, and and Alex, I'm sure you heard that talk every once in a while back in the day. And, you know. Oh, yeah, continuously. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. When babies come, you should rehearse those lines because... uh, 
uh, you end up using more than you think you would. I'm yeah. the parent, and I said so. Right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's stuff that really made you angry when you were a kid here mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then when you got to, and then you're like, oh, mom and dad were kind of right about that. You know, I was a little butthead, and now my my little buttheads are doing the same thing too, yeah. right? So that's kind of how NASCAR, I think, uh, w- was looking at uh, the Chase Elliott, Kevin Harvick scenario over the last few weeks. And, uh, you know, in my head, I'm picturing the, uh, um, you know, the talk, the, uh, what was it, Japanese inspection talk from Days of Thunder. You know, if you guys keep doing this, we're going to let you tear apart your cars for 500 laps and then maybe let you get back in the race. I can kind of picture that uh, <laughs> that scenario happening again between those two guys. But nothing really happened on the racetrack between those two. We did see a little bit of drama there. Uh, towards uh, the end of the race, Hamlin and Chase Briscoe kind of got into it for the second time and maybe about, uh, I don't know, what, two months or so. It happened at the Indianapolis Road Course as well. Um, I- I'll-, I'll let you guys talk. Maybe I'll start with you, Alex. Do you feel... What what is your take on guys who are out of the playoffs and, and their role in racing around near and with guys who are battling for the championship? I mean, it's a race for a reason. I mean, some of those guys are going for their first wins like a Briscoe, but I guess when you're in the championship four, you're, you know, right there above the cut line. You kind of have to give them a little bit of room to an extent, but, you know... It, it's racing. If you don't race, then what's the point? Thoughts on that, Thomas? Do you agree? Disagree? I completely agree. I mean, I think, hey, it's racing. It's another day on the track. I mean, you know, I get those eight guys kind of have a star above them right now, you know, and, and maybe you got to, as, as Alex mentioned, you got to kind of be careful when racing, like when Suarez was behind tricks. You got to kind of give them room. Got to be careful. Don't run up on them. But at the same time, man, the guy's running his line. He had a run, got in the back of him. You know, it was a mistake. But got to be careful. But at the end of the day, these all these guys get paid to do a job, and they got to win a race and finish good. So, it's kind of a it's kind of a tough you know a way to answer that. But I think I think it's racing. I mean, it's got to happen. Well, and, and what I find interesting is you know I know Kyle Busch kind of went on a little tirade about some of the younger you know the young crop of drivers uh, in the past week uh, and and how they race and how they're maybe a little bit less you know a little bit more careless I guess on the racetrack. Um, if I was to flash back maybe 15 years, I can see the, you know, Jeff Gordons of the world, maybe Jimmy Johnson, you know, guys of that era getting a little ticked off with that little punk kid in the five car named Kyle Bush when he was with Henrik Motorsports kind of being pretty aggressive on the racetrack too. So it's kind of funny how everything kind of goes in a full circle there. I was going to say, I mean, they lowered the age so he could race in the series. And I mean, he's always been one of those aggressive, like, devil may care attitude so it's funny now he's the old guy complaining about the young kids you know hey get off my lawn kind of thing right. yes yeah that, that yeah that's just you know doesn't make any sense there he definitely he definitely ruffled ruffled to the feathers when he was younger you know that so. right and, and you know and, and it made him a good racer now you know what i mean that's that's the attitude that he took and he was kind of you know not comparing him to dale earnhardt but as far as intimidation factor when kyle bush is racing around you you know you're up towards the front of the field. First, putting yourself in a young kid perspective, if you're racing around Kyle Busch, you know you're doing something because he's probably close to the front of the field, and he's probably going to be aggressive around you. So that's going to make you a better race car driver when you're racing around a guy like a Kyle Busch. So, uh, you know, I make no bones about it. I'm a short track guy, and, and I see what Kyle Busch is talking about because even on the late model circuits and things like that, it is the teenage drivers with the rich dads putting their kids in the best equipment. They're in these late models or whatever, or the uh, you know ARCA, whatever it might be, the short track series, 
for maybe two years, and it's a stepping stone. There are no real you know, lifers in short track racing or guys who work on their own race cars in short track racing working their way up. So it, it's that's just the way the sport is right now. Uh, you know, when we talk 10 years from now, you know, the cars will be totally different. We're already seeing that in 2022, how much, you know, technology is changing with the next-gen car. But at the same time, you know, with more technology and more kind of, um, you know, universal parts, I guess we can say, um, the need for some of these young drivers to learn how to work on their car will decrease as well. So that's when it's going to come down to who is the best driver, who can wheel that car the best. And, you know, I I don't disagree with what Kyle Busch is saying. Some of the younger drivers, especially because Kyle's kind of in tune. He's got his truck series team, but he's also involved in late models and has been for a long time. So he sees it. And Kyle has taken paychecks from kids and rich dads to put their kids in Kyle Busch Motorsports cars uh, on the late model side to make that step up. So, you know, I, I see all sides of it, and it's just the it's just the way the sport is. And the young drivers, no matter whether they're in short track series or all the way up to the Cup series, they're going to be aggressive. They know that they have really smart, talented guys that can put the cars back together if they do tear them up. And you know what? That's just the way the sport is. And, and I love that analogy, you know, that analogy, that old saying, you know, the get off my lawn, you know, I, the old Simpsons meme, you know, old man yells at cloud, you know, that's kind of what it is. It, there's nothing you're going to do about it except just go out there and beat those kids. And, um, you know, and, and I don't blame the Chase Briscoes of the world, the Daniel Suarez of the world, because like you said, Thomas, they get paid to race. Yep. They're crew chiefs, they're spotters, they're crew guys, they're pit crews, you know, everybody. Well, heck, even Tyler Reddick the past couple of weeks, I mean, he's just been up there competing, even though he's out of the championship now, but he's still showing, hey, I got speed in my car. I'm going to be up here whether you like it or not. And, and all these guys are trying to, you know, I wouldn't doubt that Reddick wouldn't be in a better position than he was this year because he's so fast in the playoffs this year. He's kind of getting that experience. I think we talked about this with Josh Berry getting so many opportunities in the playoffs right now, even though he's not in the Xfinity Series. He's not in the Xfinity Series playoffs, but he's running really strong when he is in the junior motorsports cars. And when he's in the JRM 8 car full-time next year, he's already got playoff experience. You know, again, he's not racing for the championship, but he's racing up front in a high-leverage situation and that's only going to benefit him. So all these guys, even if they don't have a shot right now, they are using what they are learning right now for 2022 when they could, you know, the roles could be reversed. They could be the ones going for the win um, and the championship cup competing time. So, uh, you know, all of these scenarios, these uh, rivalries and everything like that could certainly come into effect over these last couple of races. We got Kansas, Martinsville, Phoenix uh, still to come. And especially when we get to Martinsville and Phoenix, I mean, if, if Martinsville that's, especially, if that's not must see TV, guys, I, I, I'm just excited for these last couple of races. I mean, I'm sad to see the season go, but I can't. You know, Kansas is, eh. it, right? It, it could put on a great race. You know, that's not to say but I'm not anticipating the kind of race that we're going to see at Martinsville and Phoenix. When they're all well, closer. That's right. Yeah, I mean, they're one race away, so that one's definitely going to be, mm-hmm. you know, that's the last cutoff race, so. Anything can happen. Exactly. Well, if you got someone like Joey Lagana who is in, maybe in a must-win situation running against someone who's not even in the playoff hunt, even to someone who is, I mean, I, so, someone would dump them. I mean, I would. <laughs> I mean, I would we've seen. Hey, let me just get that on the table. If I'm, if, I'm eight, if I'm eighth and I need to go to the championship, I'm dumping you on the final lap. 
Yeah, I mean, plain and simple. Martinsville is definitely a place where we've seen a lot of rumbles in the fall race. You know, Chase and Denny and Joey and Matt Kenseth. And mm. I, I can't wait. I, I, I might, I might take a trip up up to Martinsville. It's only, it's not even two hours from here. That might be one. That might be a ticket worth having. And I it'll might, end under the lights. Yes, yes, and I've been to Martinsville under the lights before for a late model race, and it is it is fun to see a race under the lights there at Martinsville. So. I uh, can't wait for that, but first we got Kansas. We'll talk a little bit more about that later on, but uh, we'll circle back on Kyle Larson's HendrickCars.com, number five Chevrolet that took the checkered flag at Texas Motor Speedway this past weekend. Race win diecast currently available, LionelRacing.com, through our call center, 1-800-952-0708, or other authorized Lionel Racing diecast dealers. And uh, Larson did it. He tore up that car a little bit. I know Thomas. You know, even if you're busy and you got other things to do, you at least turn on for that burnout just to see, just to see if these guys tear up their race cars. The whole time they're doing a burnout, I'm like, come on, slap the tires off, slap the fenders. You know, you always got to have some good damage on there because yep. you never know if they're going to throw the confetti or not either. So you guys got to make the car more unique. That's right. There is some uh, some confetti, and one of my favorite parts about Texas wins the confetti and the six shooters. Well, that yes, but uh, the Texas shaped the confetti, Texas shaped right? confetti, oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Uh, our our diecast artist, uh, you know, Good no luck. no comment on that. Again. I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, a couple of years ago, Thomas, you and I went down to Texas, and I grabbed a handful of that confetti because I just think it's so cool that you know they take the time to punch out confetti pieces in the mm-hmm. shape of Texas. It's really cool. Yep. <clears throat> but. Uh, Again, the Racewind Diecast, thehendrickcars.com, number five. Uh, Larson did tear up that left rear quarter panel a little bit. That will be replicated on the Racewind Diecast, and you can order it now. 1-800-952-0708, online at lionelracing.com, or other authorized Lionel Racing Diecast dealers. This week in our Fresh Paint segment, where we always try to talk about the latest and greatest in diecast releases from Lionel Racing, we've got something new for you NASCAR Authentics fans. NASCAR Authentics Wave 3 haulers already shipping two store shelves as we speak. Some folks have already kind of seen a couple trickle into their local stores, and uh, they're going to start hitting the stores pretty hot and heavy here in the next couple of days and weeks. Wave 3 haulers... Uh, a really cool wave. I, I saw them last week, and they're, uh, they're ones that uh, you're definitely going to want to check out at your local Walmart and Target store. It's Kyle Busch's 2021 M&M's hauler, Bubba Wallace's 2021 Toyota Show Car hauler, Alex Bowman's 2021 Ally Best Friends, really cool uh, purple and orange kind of look to that one, and Michael McDowell's 2021 Loves Daytona 500 win. Uh, Alex, I know you were kind of involved in uh, putting bringing that one to life, too. Uh, you know, uh, really cool to see, you know, typically Front Row Motorsports, Michael McDowell wouldn't be a part of the haulers because we only do four haulers in a wave. So there's, you know, we... You know, they're just not guys that typically have haulers made for them. So I'm right. sure I'm sure the race team was pretty pumped up to get that one in the, the NASCAR Authentics oh, haulers wave. They were really excited, and you get to see all, like, the reference photos from the 500 on the hauler, which is really cool because, you know, like you said, you don't really see a guy like McDowell in there, and when he wins, you know, the Great American Race, it's, you know, something you definitely want to add to your collection. Absolutely. Again, those are hitting store shelves as we speak at your local Walmart and Target stores, Wave 3 NASCAR Authentics haulers. And uh, if you stick around later on in the show, we might have some news about NASCAR Authentics. Uh, we got, might have something else in store for you here coming up. Uh, so stick around in the show. We teased it on Twitter that uh, we might have some news about uh, some NASCAR Authentics, and uh, we won't let you down on that. So stick around a little bit later 
in this week's episode of Authenticated. But again, NASCAR Authentics Wave 3 haulers, Kyle Busch M&Ms, Bubba Wallace Toyota Show Car, Alex Bowman Ally Best Friends, and Michael McDowell loves Daytona 500 win. Hitting store shelves now, your local Walmart and Target stores. Elsewhere in Lionel Racing Land for diecast releases over the last few days, we have William Byron's number 24 RaptorTuff.com Chevy Camaro that he will be running at Kansas and Phoenix, two of the last three races here in the 2021 NASCAR Cup Series season. And, uh, you know, Byron's cars always look really cool with the affiliation with Exalta and, and Raptor uh, is an Exalta brand now. And, uh, you know, r- really cool to bring kind of like a neon green uh, to the repertoire of William Byron's cars. Really neat looking car. So uh, hopefully fans want to check that one out. Another really neat diecast that we released this week is Ryan Ellis's number 99 keenparts.com pink Chevrolet for BJ McLeod Motorsports. And uh, Alex, I know this is another one that you were involved in bringing into life and, uh, uh, you know, Ryan doesn't get a whole lot of opportunities uh, to race, but when he does, he's really, he, you know, you you and he have a pretty good relationship in trying to get diecast made and stuff like that. So it's really cool when when a an up and coming driver and and a guy who kind of pushes his own agenda and tries to get his own stuff made and his own uh, you know his own story told uh, to get him involved in trying to get the diecast made as well. Yeah, it's really cool to you know work with him directly and with the team to get the approvals done because you know. It's also awesome to make a pink car, you know, for breast cancer awareness for the month of October. So with him working with him and be able to offer this car as we have is really awesome for, you know, everyone. And I get it's a great car to have in your collection for sure. And also we have some 2022 NASCAR Xfinity Series diecast releases, including Josh Berry's number eight tire pro Chevrolet for Junior Motorsports. Uh, I know that we did his Harrison's USA car. Uh, we talked about that a little bit on a recent episode of the show. Now his second scheme for 2022, Josh Berry's number eight tire pro Chevrolet. And uh, Twitter was all kind of a buzz, uh, I don't know, maybe a week and a half ago or so with NASCAR Camping World Truck Series champion Sheldon Creed moving to the Xfinity Series in 2022 with Richard Childress Racing in the number two wheel in Chevrolet. Uh, We have begun the process with the team to hopefully release that diecast for order. Not quite there yet, at least not as of airtime, but definitely stay tuned to LionelRacing.com as well as our social media channels. And as always, on our Instagram page, uh, Lionel underscore racing, we have uh, our Instagram story highlights where we put our fresh paint diecast every single week. So if you don't already like Lionel Racing on Instagram, make sure you do so you can keep up on top of everything that we release uh, with our fresh paint segment every single week here on Authenticated. All of these diecasts that we mentioned are available right now at LionelRacing.com or otherwise Lionel Racing dealers. And we also have, uh, Thomas, I know you work uh, kind of uh, with uh, uh, our call center, uh, our agents over there. Uh, they're, they're right across from your office here uh, in the building. And uh, uh, those gentlemen and ladies in our customer care department uh, really take the time to get to know their customers and, uh, you know, enjoy taking, you know, not just taking orders, but they they almost become friends and friendly with these with the customers. So when when they call 1-800-952-0708, you're not just placing an order. You're kind of getting to know us a little bit, too. That's right. I mean, a lot, sometimes you'll even hear them call and they'll say, you know, Sharon's on the phone or, you know, Desiree's on the phone because they want to talk to that specific customer, customer, customer care agent. So, yeah, they definitely get to know them and they want to start talking to the ones they get to know. So it's a really good and they've been here for a long time. So it's really cool. They know the product. They know the business and and they really appreciate the customers. 
Again, make sure you order all of these die casts from our Fresh Paint segment at LionelRacing.com by calling 1-800-952-0708 or checking out your local authorized Lionel Racing diecast dealer. This week we wanted an extra special guest to join us on Authenticated, and when they all declined our invitation, we... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Tom, we, 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 we settled for Thomas. Right, which is not the case at all. We actually have a bunch of people that uh, wanted to join our show just uh, with different schedules and other things going on. We, uh, uh, we, we decided to go in a just as awesome direction and talk to Thomas Du Bois about uh, all the things involved with the Racing Collectibles Club of America, RCCA, which he is the head honcho of he is the face of rcca he is the guy that communicates a lot of the rcca information to folks and uh just an all-around great guy uh you know he's doggone it people like him you know what i mean it's uh and the fact that he's standing six feet away from me is uh you know is good too you know i can't really bad mouth him because he's sitting right across from me say, it's, it's, t- it's not it's not very hard for you to say all that <laughs> all that <laughs> Right, the, the the nice stuff while I'm sitting in a room. Right, exactly. Yeah, you yeah, know. Stay tuned next week, folks, when we can tell you how we really feel That's about right. Thomas. And our last lap highlight. Right. Yes, all right. So again, uh, like we talked about last week with Chris Busher over at our Lionel Retail Store at Concord Mills, uh, it's the 30th anniversary of RCCA Racing Collectibles Club of America, and uh, Thomas is has been involved with RCCA pretty much since the very beginning of it, just about, and uh, in, in various different roles and. Now that he is the the head guy in charge of RCCA, we wanted to talk to him a little bit about the 30-year anniversary of RCCA. And, uh, you know, we, we know that a lot of you folks who listen to the Authenticated podcast and follow us on social media, you know, know that we offer our 64 scale, our 24 scale, and what, what you can order and probably what you have on your shelf, but may not even realize that there is an actual club involved in die-cast collecting. So that's why we wanted to talk to Thomas and uh, um, just... Maybe that's what we can do. We can kind of give the Cliff Notes version for the, the folks who don't know what RCCA is and, and how it works and all that stuff. Maybe you can give them a, a quick little uh, refresher course on what RCCA is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the Racing Collectibles Club of America. Um, actually, two brothers started back in 1991, and they started doing some 164s. And if I'm not mistaken, what they started was like a 164th. You buy into the club. And then you kind of got like a mail-in offer of these 64-scale diecasts. It was something similar to that. And they kind of took it off for, I want to say, about a year or so. And then Fred kind of got into the sport and started seeing, you know, how collecting was becoming, how big it was really getting in the diecast world. And so then he kind of took it over from them and bought it out. Let, let me interrupt you. Just uh, catch people up on who Fred is. Fred yes, was sure. kind of the founding father of the company that we now know, Lionel Racing. Most people, I think, equate Action, um, the Racing Collectibles Club of America, with Fred Wagonalls. But before it was two brothers, and then he really took it from those two brothers. And I think, I want to say it was like 90 two maybe um but anyway he took it over really started getting those big licenses and when you hear his story i actually went to a um like an an, almost it was a die cast hall of fame induction with him and it was really cool to hear his story and how he went to the teams and started securing these big licensing deals back in the early 90s and got dale senior first and that was one of his biggest licenses and started going all these other teams and jeff gordon all the uh, you know guys and rusty and got these guys to do their cars. He started making 164s and then the club. And then from there, I mean, that, what's so funny is the club started out as a 164 scale business. It was just 164 scale. And then Fred, 
being Fred, the innovative guy he, he's been, it's just he, he then went to the Elite brand diecast, the ARC. Then he made the club even bigger, and you could get the Elites only as an RCCA member. And so it was really cool to watch it evolve in the early 90s and what it's been from. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, you, you definitely – that's something that a lot of the members – it's really cool when you go to events too and you hear – I meet some of our members now who still have the very first car from the 91 – Oh, wow. model that they bought from the very first racing collectibles club cool. and some of them even have their membership card from when they start first started giving out membership cards from even then so it's really cool and really unique to hear those stories of those guys who have that F- fans uh, that that intrigues me uh thomas has seen these cars i've actually never seen it uh so uh, alex have you ever seen these cars from i haven't yeah so if, if you have them uh, use hashtag authenticated fan on social media. We want to see what those cars look like. We want to share it so uh, other fans that maybe are kind of hearing that story and realizing the, the very beginnings kind of of the diecast industry. And we, we've got some guests lined up as well in future episodes where we, we will talk about the beginnings of the diecast industry with the Days of Thunder cars were the very first ones that even were remotely, you know, involved in NASCAR in 1990 uh, um, that kind of started this whole thing. Um, we've got some uh, folks in our building and, and externally that can t- tell some of those stories as well. Um, so it's really cool. We want to see those pictures of those original RCCA cars. If you can, uh, if you can snap a photo fo- of them and share it with us using hashtag authenticated fan on social media. So, you know, we talk about how it's a club now and, it, and it's, um, it's evolved into having an RCCA exclusive elite version diecast. Um, maybe some of the fans might not realize, maybe they only collect the cars that they can get off the, you know, the souvenir trailers at the racetrack or something like that. Maybe they only, you know, order a couple of cars. The elite diecast is just that, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you can call out some of the, the differences between the collector brand, the ARC action racing collectibles, um, or action, you know, action brand and what the elite is. Yeah, the elite, the elite really, you know, just got so many more parts, pieces, details. Um, and over the years, you know, everybody knows that we've evolved, it's evolved and we've had to take some of the parts and pieces out as just prices to continue to increase. But the elite brand is actually open to everybody now. Uh, but it does have the opening hood, the opening trunk. It's got um, a working suspension. It's numbered on the chassis that also matches the DIN. It's got more details on the interior. The engine's more detailed. So it's just got more details. Always a lower production run as well, which is big with the, with the uh, collectors. You want a low run. So on the Elite brand, it's just more highly detailed, lower run. And uh, even though you can get those everywhere now, when at one point up to probably three, four years ago, they were just Elite member exclusives. Um, we still have special finish elites, um, which again, those are really limited run. We, uh, we, our MOQ on those is 24 pieces. And so we'll sell, we typically make those to order, but on a good run, they might hit a hundred or 200 on like a championship win or something like that. Um, other than that, it's typically 24 to 36 pieces. That's a limited run of a race win. So you can go online even today and go to, uh, when you log in line, you look up elites, you look up special finishes like color chrome, galaxy color, flash coat color, liquid color, a lot of those really unique colors. And if you're not familiar with that is, it's just, it's the, the base color of the car that's dipped. Color chrome is like dips. So it almost has like a mirror finish. Galaxy color has like pin pricks of light through it. It's really, it's become a real popular paint scheme. Um, liquid color makes the paint 
seem almost like wet. So it almost like really has a real shiny look to it. So, and we make those cars and we're only, those are exclusive to the members. And then every once in a while, we'll have also some other exclusive items as well. I think one of them we're going to highlight through here shortly. Yeah, for sure. And, and even some like dual autograph elites, you know, with driver and crew chief sometimes, you know, with race wins and things like that. That's another added benefit to being an RCCA member as well. Yeah, absolutely. Without, you know, less than the teams, the teams are also get the opportunity to um, offer autographed elites. But other than that, autographed elites are pretty much exclusive to our RCCA only. So we get a lot of cool, really. We go after the dual autos. You'll see autographed um, ARCs sometimes, but we really go after the dual auto just to make it more unique. We try to get a team. Uh, we just did an Eric Jones and a Richard Petty one for one of the Eric Jones cars this year that sold out. It was only 72 pieces, so that sold out. So, And we do race wins and stuff like that. So. You did the Daytona 500 car, too, with uh, McDowell and his crew chief. It was McDowell cool. and his crew chief, so that was really cool. Yeah, they agreed to do that. We also did uh, your guy, A.J. Allmendinger. Yeah, his first cup win at We couldn't go a show without mentioning her fandom we for had A.J. To. We had to. So we did get a dual <laughs> autograph for A.J. as well. We are contractually <laughs> obligated to mention <laughs> A.J. Allmendinger in each one. You know. right. In every yeah. show. Yeah. But yeah. Sorry, I had to bring that up (laughs) but uh you know what's really cool too is also there's some other added benefits to being an rcca member and maybe you know we were going to talk about this later too but uh how can someone join rcca what's involved in it and in addition to some of these other die casts that we've mentioned in the exclusive to rcca what are some other benefits to being an rcca member yeah there's there's many ways to join you could actually one is just the simple way is just call the call center, tell an agent you want to be a member. A lifetime membership. It's just a lifetime membership. It's nineteen ninety five. Um, however, if you go online, um, you can add the membership to your cart. And when it says you add the membership, you can also spend $50. And if you spend $50 on a product, you can add the promo code 50 free and the membership is free. It kind of gets you into the club. Then so the club really, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a kind of a multi thing. One of the biggest things we have is what we call e-points. So for every dollar you spend, you get a point. And those points add up. And after you get, I think it's 2,500 points, you get a $25 gift card to use online. Plus those points give you levels. So a 250 points, anything above 250 points is bronze. Anything above uh, 500 points is a gold member. And anything above 1,000 points is a platinum member. And you get those annually. They reset every year. But with those benefits, we give member discounts. Um, you're eligible for door number elites. Um, so all of our platinum door number leads, we don't dig through boxes as people like to say we do. We do not dig through boxes, looking through things. We actually have the door numbers come to us. We randomly select a platinum member who ordered that car, um, to receive the door number elite, which, you know, for some of those cars, the value of that will be through the roof. Crazy. Um, but we do not upcharge for it. We didn't do anything like that. We don't go out scalping it. We just sell it, give it to them at the retail price. You mean we don't give them to our friends like people sometimes accuse us of on social media? Friends? No. We actually here's <laughs> we don't the good news. We actually friends. keep a list. We actually keep a list. What most people don't know is we keep a list to make sure we get them because we do also ask that those things are not sold. What part of our policy is we ask you really not to sell that within ninety days because we want to make sure it's going to a collector who truly appreciates it. You know, and that's kind of important to us. And that's what I think most people don't realize is collecting for us is kind of, it's important and it's important that it matters to customers. You know I mean? It's got to be important to them. It's important to us. So no, we, we keep track of where they go. We get track of, uh, keep track of where they go. And even to the point where if someone has won within like the past six months, we'll typically try to pick someone else randomly to make sure that it's kind of kept like we, 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 you know, kind of spread that wealth to all of our platinum members. 
Now we talked again. We're we're talking with Thomas DuBois of uh, Lionel Racing and about the RCCA Racing Collectibles Club of America, the 30th anniversary here in 2021. And uh, I, you know, it, it's strange because you're only 31 years old, but you've been around this <laughs> company wish. for almost all 30 years. Have you been here for 30 years? Or you're getting 20, put- this is my 25th year. Okay, I'm, uh, yeah. So I mean, you've been around almost since the beginning. You know, as long as Lionel Racing, what is now Lionel Racing, has been involved in RCCA, you've been seen just about every phase of it. How did you get started here 25 years ago? What were you doing? Well, if if you have time to indulge this funny story, it's like um, I got nowhere else to be, brother. <laughs> I was seventeen. I was seventeen, and I was I, I took early graduation, and I was like, okay, well, let's go to college. So I started taking some college courses for business, math, and some other things like that. At, at, you know, at college, and um, a buddy of mine was doing decks, building decks, and I said, well, let's do this for some extra money while I'm in college, and. Um, one day, I remember it was snowing and it was cold. Yes, I said snowing in North Carolina. I don't know how, but it snowed. That one day a year, yeah. It was back in January. It was in the January and it was snowing and cold. And I remember thinking, oh, good, I get a day off work. My boss called me and he's like, hey, I'm on my way to pick you up. I'm like, why? It's hmm. snowing. And he's like, yes, I know. And we got to get this deck on this big, we were doing this massive business. And I'm like, Man, so he picked me up. We went. It was so cold. I put my like two, you know, I put my little twenty-four ounce drink in the snow, and it stayed cold the whole day. I was cold all day. I worked outside, and I went home that day, and I said, "This is not for me." Right? You know, not you know, putting down anybody who does that work because that's good for them. Every, that's everybody else has got to trade for what they do. But I was like, man, this is awful. So, uh, Sports Image was hiring, and that was Dale Senior's company, and it was located on um, uh, Harris Boulevard in Charlotte. And right. I was like. Let's go. Let's go apply. So I applied, got the job, and I started February twelfth, nineteen ninety six. I was seventeen years old, working in the receiving department, and um, so yeah, kind of started there February twelfth, and been there since. So you were involved with the company when Dale Senior was kind of you know the head honcho. He was he was he was the show, right? So yes. did you ever have any interactions with him or anything like that as you were working your way up? I did. I had just really one. You know, he would you know come in every once in a while. Uh, Dale Junior actually used to come in a lot and pick up orders right. to take back to Dale and Hart Chevrolet and stuff, which was kind of unique. But then you were like, it's just Dale Junior. You yeah. know, what I mean, back then you're like, that's just his it's son. Just some, you know, it's just it was senior son. Some you know, you're yeah. kid changing oil <laughs> right. over right. the like, okay. He wasn't the most popular driver. Yeah. Yet. But one of the coolest things ever that I, uh, the story I love to tell people is because it was, it, it was just a really cool moment that I can always remember with Dale Sr. I was working and I was getting a bunch of overtime. Um, I asked my boss, could I get some overtime? I need some money. And he's like, absolutely. Come in. We need these shelves cleared. You know, try to clean some shelves up. So I went in and I started restacking all of our shelves, cleaning, sweeping and pack, repacking boxes, the box that were falling in, caving, because it's just full of apparel and stuff. And people used to just rip the apparel right out of the bottom of boxes. You have to realize back in the day, we used to sh- pull orders with shopping carts and mm. just pull t-shirts and throw them into a shopping cart and pack an order. And anyway, so, you know, so I'm cleaning all these shelves and I'm, I'd been working this all week doing this. So I was at the very back of the warehouse, had all the aisles almost done. And I hear Kelly Earnhardt, you know, she was actually, um, over all of our customer service department then. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she comes walking out and she's showing her dad like, yeah, this is, you know, the warehouse. And that I hear them like, wow, you know, this looks really good. You know, da, 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 talking, and they stop, and I'm up on the like a top shelf of this rack, and they look up at me, and um, 
Kelly says, Thomas, have you, did you do all this? And I said, yes, ma'am. You know, I've been, you know, do, you know, doing this and I've been coming in and need some overtime. And Dale senior looked right at me and goes, this is the best I've ever seen in the warehouse. I really appreciate your work. And I was like, yes, sir. You're welcome, sir. You know, I was like, I'm a 17 year old kid. Like, right. wow. Dale senior just told me I'm doing a good job. It was amazing. It was probably like, you know, like I said, they're not you know, one of the best moments of my life. Cause you know, I have a child, so I can't say that. <laughs> but right, it was still right. a really, a really <laughs> cool five. moment. Top yeah. five for sure. You know, Dale senior just told me I was doing a good job. That was awesome. <laughs> So were you a race fan? Like, were you aware of what Dale? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Dale I was? grew up yeah. on Pitt School Road. Uh, me and my uncle went to the Coke 600 every year. Um, I'm eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, sitting there watching all the cool Army stuff that they did back in the, the Memorial Day stuff they did. Always had the tanks come in. I went to every single race as a kid. Yeah, that's awesome. And, uh, you know, that history and, and being around when basically the diecast industry was just – ramping up right like mm-hmm. dale senior with uh with with his company and and how it's morphed into what we do today you kind of grew along with the company right like you you said you were just working and receiving and stacking shelves and now here you are you got a nice big fancy office upstairs <laughs> and all that stuff but you know you've had your hand in just about every aspect of what we do here over the years yeah, yeah i mean when i started i just like i said i was doing a little bit of college stuff but I just wanted to learn. I liked the business. Um, you know, that was in the heyday of NASCAR, especially. I mean, it was booming. I mean, as you remember, I mean, we were producing, if you produce 10,000 elites of a D driver, you were shocked. That was so low. Mm-hmm. 10,000. You know, Dale Sr., you'd produce 100,000. But yeah, I started out in, in the warehouse, I actually started in the warehouse and then kind of had a position open up for our truck driver where that actually would drive and pick up blank t-shirts and mm-hmm. take them to our t-shirt vendors and our screen printers. We even had embroidery back in the day. I would take them around all these shops, pick them up, bring them back to the shop. So that was my day-to-day then. And then we moved to the building we're in now in 1998. And I got the receiving supervisor position to receive all the goods. And then a couple of years later, a shipping supervisor position opened up. And I was just, I was never satisfied until I knew all in and outs of everything. So then I went to the shipping and then a nighttime supervisor opened up back when Dale Jarrett switched to UPS. Mm. We were so busy with UPS customers and all those orders. I'm, I cannot tell you many thousands of orders that would come in from UPS customers. So we actually, we started a second shift to ship nothing but UPS orders. And that went on for about probably two years. Um, and then kind of that whole UPS thing kind of dried up a little bit. And I think, you know, kind of run its course a little bit. So we got rid People of People love the truck. People love the truck. <laughs> Who doesn't love the big brown truck, right? It, what can brown do for you? That's right. That's right. All those commercials back in the day. So anyway, we switched back and uh, we went back to uh, first shift. And so I became like an assistant warehouse manager of first shift and did that till 2007. And then in April of 2007, I got the opportunity to apply for, for a position being an, an analyst for RCCA, basically running a website. It was position was an analyst. So I basically ran numbers and looked at help load things online and stuff like that. Started that in 2007 and then been staying there since, you know, about I think 2009 or so. I, you know, became the only one to work for RCCA um, in 2009, I believe. And then Lionel bought us in 2011. So they let me keep my job and said, you do a good job running the website. So you kept it. And then a couple of years ago, they gave me the train site. And so now I run both those sites. But yeah, so just kind of, you know, went along with the, you know, started, like I said, you know, it was, I think, 10, 11 years in the warehouse and 14 years up front in the offices with the RC. I think it's been 14 years w- actually with RCCA since 2007. 
Let's expand just a, a, real quick on what you just said. When you said even like the D level drivers were selling thousands of elites. What are some of the diecast collecting trends? Because you know we've we've got the RCCA member forum, uh, the message board that we have on, online. So you're constantly communicating with collectors and things like that. What are some of the trends that you've seen over the years, and and, and how just diecast collecting has changed uh, over the years for our collectors? Well, I think, you know, obviously NASCAR was just massive. Um, so the numbers that were being produced, it hit the ground running. Like I said, when they come out with the 164s, it became so big. And you had even mentioned that's what really started it all, the Hardys deal with the Days of Thunder. Right. Those cars. So that started all. Then the 164th, and people started buying them. When I was a kid, put it this way, when I was a kid, I ran to all the flea markets as a kid. Mm -hmm. And I was buying at 164s. And I'll never forget, I had to go like crazy to find a Jimmy Means. I'll never forget this car as long as I live. I could not find Jimmy Means Alka-Seltzer car. The one that did not have Alka-Seltzer on it? The one that was blue and did not have Alka-Seltzer because they could not put it on a 164th. Right. So, yes, but I went to every flea market to find that car and could not find it anywhere. And when I finally found it, I'll never forget the day I found it, it was 30 bucks. Oh, and my. I'm like 10, and I'm like, 30 bucks. And I'm like, I got to have it, you know? So I took the money that I had, and I bought that car for 30 bucks. And what I do, I took it with a tack and tacked it on my wall <laughs> and kept it right then and there. But, yeah, so, I mean, but you see what it was then, and it's still, it's still big. It's just, you know, the, you know, we've got, Few, I remember, it's you know, not to say anything bad. NASCAR has just lost its fan pool a little bit, but I don't think that's to the sport really itself. I just think, you know, look, in two thousand one, when, when we lost Dale Senior, when Dale Senior died, I sold my entire collection. Mm. I was no longer a, not a fan, but that was my guy. Right. Like, I had over four hundred diecasts from working for a Lionel one twenty fours all over my wall. I'd already got rid of the 64s, I think, or I had them in a tub or something. But I had all these 164s, and I had tons of them, and I loved my collection. To this day, I still regret selling it. I should have never done that. Mm -hmm. But I had tons of them. I had every Dale Sr. car made, every Jeff Gordon car, every, like, Mark Martin, Rusty Wallace. I had every single – I was one of the ones who had to have everything. And they were all out of the boxes, on the shelves. And when he died, it's like a piece of the collecting died with it. me. And I was like – what do I want to collect now? And we're hearing that now when Jeff Gordon retires, people are like, I'm done. You know, I'm already here when Kevin Hart retires. And I, you hate to hear that, but the good news is you're getting those back with the new fans who right. fall in love with the Christopher Bells, the Blaney's, the younger guys, the, the Kyle Larson, all the these Bubba young guys. Are, of Bubba Wallace's of the Wallaces, world. Yeah. These guys who are coming in, they're, they're gaining that back. But to watch it change, it's funny because, like I said, back in the day, it was 10,000 cars. It was like nothing. I mean, that was a, that was a, a low number. Right. And nowadays when we produce – you know, a thousand or fifteen hundred of a car, I'll hear customers say, You've way overproduced that car. And I just laugh because in my opinion, these cars that were even barely scraping MOQ on the five hundred pieces, in ten to fifteen years, if they get given to kids and thrown away, that's gonna be like a one of five down the road. Right. You know what I mean? Right. You could say what you want, but in 1969, a Camaro was, you know, my dad sold his Camaro for like 800 bucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like, it was garbage to him. And now you can't even get a, you know, a 69 right. fully, you know, done Camaro under $50,000. So yeah, not saying a die cost me $50,000, but right. I do believe they're going to be collectibles down the road. So I, I say this, keep collecting. Yeah. I was yes. going to say, I think everybody who has a die cast on their shelf is hoping that someday it is worth, you know, $50,000. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, like right. that's just yeah. the, the way it is. And, um, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because, um, you know, just, you know, is the NASCAR fan pool maybe a little bit smaller than it was 25, 30 years ago, perhaps, but also there's a lot more, 
um, competition for your time and money these days too, right? right? Like, you know, there was, uh, there, not every kid in my neighborhood in the early, late eighties, early nineties had video game systems, you know, like one or two kids had video games. Everybody converged on their house. Now, like everybody, every kid that's 10 years old has an Xbox, a PlayStation and a phone, you know what I mean? There's just, it's just a different time. So, and I'm sure every sport is seeing that too. I'm sure Major League Baseball doesn't sell the same amount of jerseys and stuff that maybe they sent years, they sold years ago and things like that. So, um, you know, and everything's cyclical. So, um, you know, it's really interesting to see kind of where the sport and the collecting started, where it is now. And and obviously a lot of what we do is the now and the future. You know, we don't worry. It's fascinating to hear stories like that of what it was before, you know, I had those racing champions die cast cars. You know what I mean? I, I didn't consider it a collection. It was just something that I played with, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it, it's really interesting to see, you know, kind of how everything, um, where it was, where it is and where it's going. So, um, you know, the other thing that we talked about is, you know, you sold your die cast collection and how much you regret it, but I still regret it. I, I know you do. I know. Yeah. Clearly, mm-hmm. you're not over it. Did nope. you sell the Jimmy Means too? I did. Oh, and that, you know, so for thirty jump. bucks, <laughs> no. did you get your money back? No, yeah. I probably, you know, just you know, who knows what I done with it. But it's you know, it's it's you know, the cool thing about collecting that I think most people even collect for. It's not even for the value. If you collect for the value, you're in it for the wrong reason. Right. Like I collected because I had to have every car on my shelf. And like I said, I was going to pay $30 for that car. I wouldn't know I wasn't going to get $30 back out of the car. I wanted that car. And the reason why I regret selling it today, and I, you know, I'd urge collectors, man, keep those cars because down the road, there's a story to tell. Like I wish I still had that car to say when I was 10 years old, I hopped around flea markets every day searching my guy, my, you know, die cast guys or whatever we're selling back then finding that car. And I think some die casts have that story. And some of them, like the race wins, have a story to tell. Mm-hmm. Everything's got a story about it. And so, you know, that's what, I think that's what's important about collecting. And I think that's kind of even what makes race. I think that's what actually sets Racing Collectibles Club of America, the RCCA, away from most other entities. Because we're not just, I mean, yeah, we're selling the cars online and everything else. But we do events from time to time for members as well. So when they join us for that, we all get together and we just talk like we've known each other forever. I've yeah. made like lifelong friends at these events yes. and we talk about cars and we talk about, Hey, where'd you get that? Or what were you do- What were you doing on this day when this happened? When so-and-so won this race, or when you bought that car and you tell these stories. And to me, that's really what collecting is about. It's not just about what, what's my return on investment. Mm-hmm. It's, what, where did this car come from and how did I go get it? And what did it take me to get it? And the neat story to it. And then to share it with another collector and share it with another collector. And I mean, we go to events, like I said, you go to events all the time and you hear about these guys who've been club members for this long or got a specific car at event or has, has a one of 24 car that, you know, they, they still have that no one else has or just unique stories like that. And to me, that's kind of what makes the, the RCCA completely different because we, I don't know. We just we just kind of meet with the customers, and it's just really fun to go hang out, like at the the store recently. You know, right? Yeah, and, and at that store, we introduced uh, something that is unique to the 30th anniversary of RCCA, and uh, something that is exclusive only to RCCA members. Tell us about it. 
we reduced a uh, we released a 30th anniversary hauler, a really cool 164th hauler. Um, a few people bought at the event. Unfortunately, with the situation we find ourselves in, I'm not even going to mention the c word, but the situation we find ourselves in, you know, it was a little bit lighter than we'd like to see. You know, but we sold a few of those, and you know, we decided that we're going to open that up to other people probably in. I don't know, a couple of days, a week at the most. Um, it's pretty much ready. But the cool part about those is they're going to be exclusive to members. It's going to be a short ordering window. And they're they're uh, printed right here in our warehouse, right here in our warehouse in our facility, Right, which is it, really cool. It, it really is. And, you know, I, I got a chance to learn about the process that they used in, in order to make the, you know, the printing and everything like that of the, of the die cast and how quick they're able to turn it around and stuff like that. It, it's really cool that we're able to, put our name on it and know that it came from our employees inside of our building and everything like that. They packaged it here and everything like that. So it's a really cool product and RCCA exclusive RCCA 30th anniversary uh, hauler, just like the ones you get from NASCAR authentics, like you get on, on your uh, mass retailer shelves. uh, um, But uh, black, red and white, uh, really cool looking uh, design. Uh, I believe our Kevin Bloom is the one who did the design. Uh, Our uh, die cast designer, really talented guy. All of them are, but uh you know, the fact that we're going to be able to print those and get them to you directly from our location here, you know, hopefully adds to the collectability. Like we talked about, each one tells a story. And maybe you've got every single NASCAR Authentics hauler, including the ones that we announced here today with Wave 3. Maybe you've got them all. This one's going to tell a different story, you know, because it is from the 30th anniversary of RCCA. And that only happens once. Yep. And it's, and it's again, it's exclusive only to the RCCA members. You have to be a member to get it. And it's going to be a limited time window. If Honestly, we're probably going to have an MOQ of probably like 60 pieces. So we still need to sell about 60 pieces or so to kind of run that run when I talk to our printer here, um, you know, the, who does our production manager for all the printing. So there'll still be a minimum number we need to try to reach if we can. Um, but still, it'll be a low number, um, and it'll be made to order, and it's going to be one and done. And it's going to be a really cool piece. So you definitely want to get that order in for that once we release it. But Good news is we got Matt here who does all of our awesome design with emails and all that. So there will be an email. We'll do a banner ad and all that probably in the coming days, I would say. That was a friendly way of Thomas reminding me that it's in my queue of uh, <laughs> projects that I need to get done this week. <laughs> Don't worry. Did Don't I, worry, boss I man. I got you. <laughs> No, uh, we'll, we'll definitely. Uh, so if you're an RCCA member, that's another cool thing, too, is that as an RCCA member, sometimes you do get some exclusive emails and some promotions and things like that that uh, um, might be a little bit different and maybe a better deal sometimes than what the uh, the typical you know collector might get. So uh, uh, we do offer some uh, different discounts, different, uh, you know, uh, for RCCA members. So one last time, Thomas, how can people get involved with RCCA? Go online, LionelRacing.com. Uh, look up RCCA Elite Membership. You can put it in your cart there. You can also add any item to your cart that's over $50, $50 or more. Use promo code 50FREE, and you get the membership free, which is only $19.95 if you choose to buy it. You can also call the call center at 800-952-0708. One of our awesome agents would love to speak to you, get to know you. You can order it with them, and they'll even sell you a car as well. You don't have to necessarily do it online. They'll sell you a car for $50 or more. And, again, that promo code is just 50 free. Tell them you want it free because you spent 50 bucks. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they'll get you the membership. It'll get you in. You'll start earning those e-points. It w- Hopefully soon we get to go back to events again soon. You yeah. can join us yes. on events. We got our RCCA big annual warehouse sale. We didn't even talk about our big annual warehouse sales that we've had. I guess since it's so depressing since we missed them the past two years. I know. We always do big annual warehouse sales for memberships. We normally have about four to 500 people. Yeah. Come for those. And, and we we'll feed you. There. We feed you drivers, autographs. So, again, 
again, the biggest the biggest takeaway I can say for the club is it's just been around for so many years, but it's 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 about the business. Obviously, the business has got to be first. It's got to you know everybody you know sometimes people will say that as a business one you got to thrive, but two is about the people I think and and the, and and what it's about the collecting part of it. Yeah. So the friendships and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the RCCA event is more like a family reunion more than it is an opportunity to sell diecast or get autographs from drivers. You know, it's just chance that might be the only time all year that people from all over the country converge into one spot and and talk about their diecast and uh, you know what they want, what they need, buy sell trade with each other and all that stuff too absolutely it's uh it's it's a lot of fun so definitely look into rcca if you're not already a member like thomas just said 1-800-952-0708 or through lionelracing.com join rcca get involved in a lot of this cool stuff that we have going on and help us celebrate 30 years of rcca you can also go online lionelracing.com and look at the about rcca it's got all the information there's a section about e-points and everything else and there's also an area for an insider forum so join the insider forum. That is uh, mainly me and someone else answering questions. Mainly me and uh, Madeline, who is uh, an assistant of mine, who helps and she answers all the questions. So you're hearing directly from RCCA on what we're going to offer, what we're going to build, production numbers. We go out in there and update container reports, stuff like that. But that is like a lot of information poured out to customers as well. So again, you can visit go on lineracing.com. There's about RCCA. It talks about epoints. Tells you how to join, tells more about the club, and then also gives the forum link on there as well. And you want to join our forum. Good stuff. I'm a member of the forum. Alex, are you? I am. Good. That's what I like to hear. So uh, join us there at RCCA and help us celebrate 30 years of the Racing Collectibles Club of America. Thomas, we appreciate you. We're actually going to have you stick around for our last segment here on Authenticated. We're going to finish things up here on this episode of Authenticated, uh, circling back on a couple of things that we saw with some fans using hashtag AuthenticatedFan on Twitter and Instagram, and uh, most of the using most of the fans using hashtag AuthenticatedFan have been inquiring about Wave Eight of NASCAR Authentics. We teased it earlier in the show that uh, you know we might have some news on NASCAR Authentics Wave Eight, and uh, here it is. So, typically. The wave gets to our building and then gets sent to distribution centers for that for uh, each retailer to send it to the store. So we get it first. Um, we also get a sample, which I am tasked of photographing and doing all kinds of things, updating websites and updating some sales materials, things like that. That photo sample should be hitting my desk any day now. So by the time that you hear this, we should be just that much closer to w- announcing Wave 8. Uh, how we will do that and when we will do that is still to be determined. But if you are expecting Wave 8 of NASCAR Authentics, you don't have much longer to wait. It should be within the next few days, maybe week. But uh, stay tuned to Authenticated and to our social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, uh, for more information on NASCAR Authentics Wave 8, which will be coming to stores very, very soon. We're off to Kansas this coming weekend with the NASCAR Cup Series. Only two more shots to lock into the championship four. And I'm going to start with you, Alex. Ladies first. Who's going to leave Kansas with victory lane confetti all over their race win diecast? I would like to say Larson just because he's on on a roll. But usually at Kansas, you're, you see more of a Ford take you know, take the mm-hmm. win. So I'd say either it's got to be a Penske driver, one of the three, since they're all still, especially Joey, he's in a must-win situation. So, yeah, I'd say one of the Penske guys for sure. Thomas? 
Yeah, I kind of would have went that way, but I'm I'm going to go Larson again. I think he'll just go for three in a row. Why not? Yeah, let's go. Let's go. He's he's going to win out. I think he's going to win uh, here, in Martinsville, five for five. Win out. Let's go. Yeah, Calling it right now. Martinsville's just going to be a crap <laughs> shoot. Ever, ever. Larson will win that one too. So you're, out. you're going. He's going to win out the rest of the season. Sure, why not? Wow, That's, he's the man to beat again until out. somebody proves that they can beat him. I mean, fair. But, you know, uh, I don't think you're wrong there. Um, I, I like the uh, the Penske angle. Um, there's just something about those cars at that place. I, I don't know what it is. They haven't been particularly, uh, you know, th- threatening for the win. But then again, neither is anybody else. So um, it's kind of been the the Hamlin and Larson show over the last few weeks. So um, I'm going to go with Brad K. There's just uh, I don't know what it is. Uh, I, I'm maybe he wants to get into victory lane that one last time with Penske Racing. Um, to be determined. So it'll be a lot of fun to watch this coming Sunday at Kansas Speedway. And uh, uh, with just two races to go until we get our championship four set when we get to Phoenix Raceway later this uh, next month now, right? It's November, It's October now, so like next month. two weeks. Yes, yeah. so we're getting down to it. But uh, we're going to close things out here with our last lap highlight of the week where we talk about uh, our individual highlights of the week that was in NASCAR racing, NASCAR diecast, things that we got going around here at the office. And, uh, again, I'll start with you, Alex. What's your last lap highlight of the past week? Um, Kyle Busch giving out Steve O'Donnell's um, email address over the radio as he was complaining about the package. Spicy. That was... Yeah, Kansas. Yeah, that was uh, quite interesting. So, it's like, yeah, if you have any complaints, email Steve O'Donnell at... Yeah, that's not... You know, luckily, he's, Kyle's not a NASCAR employee because I, I would imagine, like, human resources would be pretty fired up. <laughs> you think his they, email got changed this week? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I bet it did. It, it, it should have, you know. If not, uh, I'd hate to be him. You know, that phone's got to be dinging every three seconds or something like that. But uh, um, interesting. Kyle's never one to mince words on the radio. He always makes uh, radioactive on, uh, you know, on Race Hub. Really entertaining to watch. It's like a straight bleep for him. Just right. like they just hit the sensor button right. the whole time. Yes. So uh, we'll see how things go at Kansas. Uh, we might have more uh, more salty things to say. Who knows? But, uh, Thomas, what was your last laugh highlight of the week? Well, I would say being back on the podcast for my second time, because I was always told I had a face for radio. Yes. So I mean, and, and the fact that you're calling it a highlight <laughs> is good. That, you yeah. Know, it, wasn't like, it can only go yeah. up from here. Yeah, that, I would say really, it's, uh, talking about, you know, it's our 30th anniversary. I know we've already hit on that, but it's just really cool. And the, the, the time, you know, I've had at this company and our 30th anniversary here and we're doing the hauler. So the hauler is probably the cool piece. So like I said, I think that's a cool item for our members to look out to uh, look out for in, in the coming days. Absolutely. It, uh, it, it's, it's a really cool time to be a diecast collector. No doubt about it. Uh, uh, whether it's the RCCA product, ARC, NASCAR Authentics, whatever it might be. If uh, if you're looking for some uh, really cool diecast, now's the right time to get involved in it. And it's only going to get better as we get the 2022 next-gen cars, too. Um, you know, whatever you... Uh, uh, whatever you want, we're going to have it in those 2022 next-gen diecasts. We've already shown you a couple of the sneak peeks of those cars. And uh, uh, we're still awaiting just the final, you know... The final T's to be crossed and the I's to be dotted to be able to start releasing uh, 
some of those 2022 next-gen diecast uh, for the 2022 season. More to come on that. Uh, I'm going to go with my last lap highlight being, uh, as we mentioned earlier, and we've been mentioning that uh, the folks at the Out of, Out of the Groove Podcast Network have kind of helped us get this podcast going, uh, give us a nice house for uh, for the show and everything like that. So uh, uh, they've got a really cool event going on with uh, Eric Estep and that group with Out of the Groove. They're uh, putting on an iRacing event on Wednesday, October 27th, Spooky Hollow uh, Race. It's uh, it, They're doing this whole content thing around, uh, uh, you know, it, it's still kind of confidential, but it's a really cool story for what they're trying to do with this iRacing event. And uh, uh, some of their partners are going to be involved in sponsoring cars in this iRacing event. Uh, it'll be Xfinity Series cars at Hickory Motor Speedway and... Uh, um, it's all for charity as well, uh, entry fees for the drivers, and there will also be uh, opportunities for fans who tune in on Podium Esports uh, to watch and donate as well to a really cool charity. And uh, I am entered for the event, so hopefully qualifying is tonight so hopefully i can make it into the show if i don't even qualify in the lionel racing car that's going to be a real problem for me but uh you're running the lionel racing car i am very cool yeah that's awesome. so um it, it, it was fun talking with michelle um uh, last week or two weeks ago uh, about this race and how i kind of said man i'd love to be able to run that and we kind of put some things together and i at least have the attempt to qualify so that's that's a start so um but to actually spend half a day being able to paint my own iRacing car for Lionel Racing on work hours was actually kind of fun. So <laughs> we'll see. And, and to tie into the 30th anniversary, I numbered it number 30 for the 30th anniversary there of RCCA. So we'll see how that all shakes out here. Cool. Qualifying is tonight, and uh, the race itself will be on October 27th. Uh, the Eric Estep's Out of the Groove YouTube channel will stream it through uh, Podium Esports. Uh, really cool charity involvement, and uh, Lionel Racing is proud to partner with that event as well to be a part of it and uh, sponsor it and do a lot of cool things around it. And uh, we're actually going to give some diecast away during that uh, broadcast as well. So uh, definitely tune in Wednesday, October 27th for the Spooky Hollow iRacing event put on by uh, the Out of the Groove Network. Um, with that said, I think we're just about done. Uh, this has been uh, a really cool episode. Uh, you know, Thomas, you we kind of threw you a curveball and said, hey, sit down and we're going to talk to you for an hour and a half. And right. uh, <laughs> y- y- you were game enough to do it. So we really appreciate you uh, giving us, uh, you know, a really cool history of your history with the company and the diecast company and diecast collecting as a whole and uh, the 30th anniversary of RCCA. So good yeah. job. Yeah. Appreciate it. Take thank the you. rest of the day off now. Yeah, I plan on it. <laughs> <laughs> and Alex, as always, thank you for uh, being a, a good team player and trying to make this podcast happen. And I think we're building some steam up here with this show and uh, um, something that I think the whole company is really proud of. And, you know, even I don't know about you, but I've heard a lot of feedback from folks on the train department on the other side of the building oh, yeah. kind of saying that, hey, I'm learning a lot about diecast just by listening to your show. One of our uh, our train content guy, Taylor, actually stopped me yesterday and goes, oh, hey, I listened to the podcast. I really like this part. And, you know, so, so it was really awesome to see other you know parts of the departments. Exactly. So uh, it was a lot of fun here on Authenticated. We will be doing this again soon. So stay tuned. Make sure you follow Lionel Racing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Use hashtag Authenticated Fan. If you have a question about Diecast or uh, anything that we can maybe answer in a future episode of the show, we want to do it. Hit us up on social media. Use hashtag Authenticated Fan. And until next time, for Alex Thomas, I am Matt. We will see you soon and talk to you soon on Authenticated. 
follow Lionel Racing on Twitter at Lionel underscore racing, on Instagram at Lionel underscore racing, and be sure to like Lionel Racing on Facebook. Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.